Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hidware USA, and I'm brought to or brought uh, come to you today with three other lovely folks. Joined today by three other lovely folks, I should say. Um, but this awesome broadcast is going to be brought to you today by our friends over at Tervis. Uh, Meg, this is where you would normally hold up that beautiful Tervis that you have there. Uh, but look, Tervis has been around since 1946 and celebrating 75 years in business started with their classic line. They've got sleek styles that make perfect for the active and on-the-go lifestyle. Tervis is the original double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps your cold drinks cold and reduces condensation. Backed by a made-for-life guarantee, Tervis is the original customizable double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold. They've got uh, available in, in several sizes, a 16-ounce mug, a 16- and 24-ounce tumbler, and uh, also a 24-ounce water bottle. They are made from Triton Plastic, made in America, lifetime warranty, dishwasher safe, microwave safe, and they're BPA-free. So go check them out at tervispromos.com and let them know the industry insider sent you. Uh, why don't we say hi to uh, Mrs. R- I'm sorry, Meg Erber. Uh, Meg, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. It sounded like you were about to call me Mrs. Robinson, so let's not go there. No, I was, I was going to say Rogers with the sweater, but whatever, either way. I mean, how do you know I don't have like a PTA meeting later? Um, it's possible, but... Um... You can find out. Do you have a PTA meeting later? No, but oh, okay. maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still not sure that's how I would go dress to a PTA meeting, but uh, Stephen I mean, McFadden, I mean, how are you? It wouldn't surprise me, Jeff, if you did go dressed like that to a PTA meeting, but I actually I'm doing I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And uh, we are joined today by a special guest that's going to help break down some really tricky news for us and uh, try to make it simple for us laymen, at least myself. Uh, Lisa Fostick, uh, you are with Branded, uh, I'm sorry, Branded Treats, I believe, right? And you're also doing some stuff, uh, NFTs for um, charity. That yeah, that one. Uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> NFTs for charity, and uh, so you know you've got some experience of how your you know people are using NFTs for promo. Uh, so we're going to get into that after we get into a, a simple introduction. But uh, it is customary for us to give our special guests a good three to four minutes to introduce yourself, and tell us okay. how you got involved in the promotional products industry, and what you've been up to since. Okay. Um, well, it's, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. I started in the industry in high school working for a, um, a company called Marketing Incentives in Norwood, Mass. I used to file catalogs, dust the showroom, and do shipping and receiving and keep track of inventory with a pencil and a piece of paper. <laughs> um, fast forward, I've owned my own company, First Impressions, um, owned that distributorship for 11 years, sold that to Safeguard was director of training for adventures in advertising in the early days, the wild, wild west of franchising uh, back in the beginning, trained over 400 of the AIA franchise owners. Um, Most recently, I was uh, director of marketing for a pub and restaurant group here in Massachusetts called the British Beer Company, Mm -hmm. and I'm uh, Cicerone certified, so if anyone wants to drink some craft brews, I'm always up for that. Um, and lately, I have been a uh, equity partner in Branded Treats, which is a company in Middleborough, Mass. We make uh, cookies and yummy stuff like this um, with, that you can put your logo on. 
And I was also director of sales at uh, Hub Pen, part of HPG, um, left there about two years ago. So um, NFTs for Charity was founded a year ago with Jerry Barker of Barker Specialties. Him and I um, came up with this idea as a way to give back to charities, um, work in the industry that we love, that we both have grown up in, um, as well as bring in this new technology into the space. So how I found out about um, crypto was in 2013, I read this tiny little article in the um, Wall Street Journal about this crazy thing called Bitcoin and immediately went and opened up a Coinbase wallet um, in a BitSane wallet, which no longer exists, by the way, cautionary tale I can share another day, um, but have been taking master classes and learning the industry ever since. So um, that's my story. Thank you for letting me share. Awesome. So why don't you give us just a, like a, a quick, I guess, crash course or introduction as to what crypto is and how that is related to NFTs. And, and then we'll sort of take the conversation from there. Sure. So um, cryptocurrency is uh, built on the blockchain. Those coins are built on the blockchain. And it's a way to buy and sell things in the crypto economy. Um, and it's also an investment vehicle. And by the way, I do want to say that this is not investment advice, what we're talking about today. Um, but you can own Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin, which I consider the blue chips of crypto. Um, you can get set up on an exchange like Coinbase or Gemini. Um, and you can uh, invest in crypto. You can think of it as digital dollars. Um, if I were to put it in a very simplified, um, digestible bite, that would be um, how I would encourage folks to think about it. And there's a whole financial ecosystem built around it that is very similar in some ways to our traditional financial system, except that it's borderless and it's timeless and um, pretty much anyone can participate in the system. So when I think about why crypto, I think about it being accessible to all uh, people with a smart, anyone with a smartphone can bank in crypto. Whereas now uh, a lot of folks cannot bank because they can't get to a bank. They, they don't, you know, they just don't have the technology, but everybody has a phone. Almost everybody has a phone. So I hope that's a good explanation. Um, does that does that hit the mark for you guys? Yeah, but we want to go oh, ahead, Meg. Real quick, I just, really quick, funny story. Um, I hear it all the time from VJ about the you know the banks, the big banks, big tech, etc., and how the big banks should be worried about all this crypto. And I was literally at the bank last week, and I was I, I slipped something in just to see how with the lady because she was helping me set up um, a, a new bank account, and she she immediately knew what I was talking about. And then come to find out, her husband who works for J.P. Morgan or something, they're both very very big crypto people. And what I caught on was when they were like, yeah, we want to retire and move to Portugal. And I was like, you're not leading on. You're not letting on more than what you're involved in because only the really big people know that they want to go over there. But it's, <laughs> it's even the people that are working in the big banks now are yeah. starting to like, hey, we need to get onto this. So that's all. Sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. So just to go back and, and you know, break it down, maybe a little bit more simplified, uh, you said it's built on the blockchain. What do you mm -hmm. mean? How, how is a digital currency built on a blockchain? Well, I, I'm not a developer, so I don't I can't answer a technical question like that. Um, 
you know, the, the coins are, are created by transactions. So, I mean, we could do a whole segment on Bitcoin and how Bitcoin was created and what it does. So let me think about how to break that down. Um, so a Bitcoin is mined um, by computer algorithms that solve complex math problems. And when those complex math problems are solved, the miners are rewarded in Bitcoin. And that Bitcoin enters circulation. Uh, miners can hold it, of course, um, but it can also be put into circulation. And there's a finite number of Bitcoin available to mine. Um, and Satoshi uh, Nakamoto is the guy who invented uh, Bitcoin, no guy, I, I say guy, it could be a woman, it could be a group of people, no mm -hmm. one really knows who that is. And I can share this deck um, with at the audience because I do actually have that detailed in this deck. So coins are mined and then they enter into circulation. And um, as uh, coins are mined, a hash is created. So what what forms a blockchain is a series of hashes, which are numerical um, signatures that document transactions on the blockchain. So I think of blockchain, Jeff, as the highway, as the infrastructure, and the coin is the cars that travel on the infrastructure. Um, so in a simple, without having, you know, an hour to dive into the whole topic of mining and crypto, um, that's the basic of blockchain versus a coin. Blockchain is the underlying technology. The coin is the car that travels on the technology. Okay. So Lisa, I know, um, like I've seen little clips and videos on Facebook and TikTok and different social media platforms of people, um, who have built these uh, big silos with data storage processors and all sorts of stuff. And they're generating their own mm -hmm. um, currency. And I'm like, so there is some sort of physical thing, like it is a thing uh, that lives in the digital world, but is what, what is, do you know exactly what they're doing to kind of make sense of what we're seeing in circulation a lot? Are they providing data space? Are they, is, are they, like you said, just solving problems to create more of that currency or to, to mine more of that currency or what's the well different cryptos have different uh use cases and different white papers for how they're creating their currency and what the use cases are so when you go to coinbase and you see all the different coins that you can purchase um those are coins created by those um companies that are developing technology to power the ecosystem is the simple way I would uh, describe that. Meg, do you want to add to that? Well, I mean, I feel like it's going to be the NFT. It's a revolution. It's going to be a revolution. And I know we're talking about blockchain and all this stuff, but we want to kind of focus in on NFTs for the promo industry, right? And we want to yes. focus in on uh, another part, which is the V-chain. And that's going to be incredible to this industry. But first, let's talk about the NFTs. So okay. This revolution isn't going to be televised, guys. It's going to be minted. And earlier this year, we saw a, a meteoric rise and fall of non-fungible non tokens uh, in mainstream media and popular culture. Um, for instance, uh, Mark Cuban, Gary Vee, you guys know those guys. Um, still, they strongly advocate for NFT use and the, the role of smart contracts. Um, Jay-Z, he just went out and 
bought a CryptoPunk. I think his Twitter profile is an NFT CryptoPunk. So each week there's new NFT exchanges and they drop, they, they roll out, people are, are buying them. They could be used as several different things. They can be used as art. You know, a lot of the kids um, use this art in their, in their current metaverses, their, their virtual realities. So Fortnite, for instance, um, that is literally like a metaverse. And so when they buy these, they use their tokens um to buy different like pieces for their house or for their clothes or whatever i really don't know too much about fortnite i know the kids have played it in the past but that's a metaverse those are nfts so with or without the buzz you know one of the most powerful and overlooked impacts of the nfts is really in the music industry and they have the power to change the game for independent artists um providing a new way of to earn income while connecting with fans and it's just a, a big change that's just really long overdue so when we try to introduce them to the promotional product industry, I think that there's so much that we can do um, to be different, to stand out. And um, all this really cool stuff that's happening with Meta and Facebook. I don't know if anyone saw the keynote um, with Zuckerberg. It was long. I didn't watch it all the way through because I'm already in like semi-invested in other things that are competing against um, Meta, but just seeing what they were doing in the future, I highly recommend everyone just taking a couple minutes an hour um to watch the keynote and just just say it because facebook i feel like is for more our generation um but this virtual reality world this augmented reality is really the younger generation and they're our future right so the meta is going to be good for, as like an, a gateway into this um and an easier way to explain that is think of i'm um, going into the mall right you're going to go into gap and try on that shirt so in a virtual reality world you can build out your um, your avatar to your specs. Your your avatar now can go into that virtual reality Gap store store, uh, try on that shirt, which could be an NFT, could be, um, the pants, whatever. You like it, you see what it looks like, you buy it. Then that meta turns physical when they ship you the actual physical good. So that's just one small aspect of it, and there's just so much to do from it. But in promo, I mean, we have so many different things that are people are doing in retail um and nfts are just are, are like the gateway drug into crypto i feel like and and to what we what we want to do long term does that kind of help answer a little bit well, that, that was yeah. awesome i think it took a huge leap forward from the from the question that jeff asked which was awesome oh, kind of like and that's <laughs> no, how not. meg and i feel that's how like, i do <laughs> yeah and that's how we feel like we're on this freight train of innovation and uh people inventing things and it's happening so quickly and our we're afraid our industry is going to get left behind so mm -hmm. the passion that we have for for sharing this this story is everything the sparkle that meg just laid out um but to walk back just a minute to um what is crypto and the blockchain the blockchain is what is allowing all of these things to happen that meg is talking about and Ethereum, um, if you want to bring up that slide, Jeff, which is slide number seven, Ethereum is sort of the coin that that powers, uh, you know, layer th web layer three stuff that all of these things are being built on. So Ethereum is an open source blockchain based decentralized software platform. Get your head around that if if you're too super, super new to this space. Um, I do have some links in my deck too that um, if you go to Promo Corner Express Training Bytes, uh, number 42, 43, and 44, 
all of this is laid out and explained with links. Um, but Ethereum is, is really what's powering the NFT world. And um, secondary to that, Polygon or Matic, which is a secondary um, um, blockchain that is coming on strong in the scene to give Ethereum a run for its money because Ethereum is very expensive right now. Um, and we can get into gas fees on another podcast because I think it's a lot to take in. Um, so if we go to the next slide, Jeff, um, I, I, if you don't mind, Meg, can I tag on to your um, passion and excitement and <laughs> kind of relate what an NFT actually is? I will. I'm definitely not going to say no. So go ahead. <laughs> so an NFT stands for non-fungible token. And it's kind of an unsexy word for a very sexy technology. Um, and the way I think of it is like a fingerprint. So it's a fingerprint for a digital unit of data. Um, so what Meg was talking about, all those things she said, uh, musical pieces, art pieces, this idea of digital apparel that's being created and minted on the blockchain, um, she's right on and how that piece of digital data is documented on the blockchain is with an NFT, which is a non-fungible token. And it's like a fingerprint or a signature for your unit of data. So what Meg said, data can be music, it can be art, it can be a video, it could be a contract between two people, it could be your private uh, banking information, it could be your medical records, it could be a real estate contract. So an NFT really protects data with a digital signature or fingerprint. And what's so hot in the NFT world right now, to Meg's point, is art and music is a much more digestible entry point for most people compared to thinking of it like a contract or protecting their medical data. Although, you know, I, I predict that medical data will live in a completely different way in the future. We will have sovereign ownership of our medical data and we will allow uh, service providers to view our data by unlocking our medical records with a key, uh, digital key. So um, if you think of data as a provenance for either a digital piece or a real life piece, um, Jeff, if you can click on Nifty Gems for a second there, I don't know if it's okay if we go to a website. Yeah, I don't know where that's gonna. So if you just scroll down a tiny little bit, um, you can see these are gems for the metaverse, what Meg was talking about. And these gems are developed by an artist in partnership with a developer, and they're um, auto-generated with special unique attributes to each piece. So some of them are very rare and some of them are less rare, um, but you own this NFT, you mint it, you can see it says mint there using Ethereum, and then you store it in a wallet and you can display it in a collection on OpenSea. So OpenSea is a marketplace where people buy and sell these types of things. So if we can go to the second link, Jeff, um, actually, we don't even have to bring up the second link. The second link talks about gems in the real world, physical gems. So jewelers and uh, people like De Beers Diamonds are assigning NFTs to real life gems so they have a digital fingerprint and a provenance 
that allows them to be checked, tracked through supply chain. And I know Meg's going to talk about VChain in a second, which we're both passionate about for our industry. So if folks on the call and Stephen, for you as a distributor and Jeff, you as a supplier, think about a 3D showroom in the metaverse where you're showing your clients, Jeff, you're showing distributors and distributors are showing enterprise clients or any client, a 3D showroom where their branded merch can be purchased by their audience and then be worn at a charity event in the metaverse, like a golf event or to a trade show or to um, a gathering where they can wear their branded merch on their avatar and go into these events at a trade show like an education at a trade show they put out nfts and then the people can wear those nfts to that session so you know headwear usa is a perfect candidate to do a ten thousand piece headwear drop (laughs) with um an artist and a developer who co-collaborate to create those ten thousand pieces and um, you own that piece with your with your NFT fingerprint or signature. So one common question that comes up is, yeah, but can I just right click anything and copy it? Um, that's a common uh, objection or, or thought that comes up, especially in our branding space of promotional products. And the answer is yes, you can do that with an NFT, but you don't own the NFT. So the digital signature allows you to to trade, transfer, sell, or own and invest in because Ethereum um, increases in value or is at least right now. It's it's down a little bit today, but so you you own that coin invested in the NFT. So um, you know it has value in in multiple ways. And another day we could get into staking and earning money on your coin and in your nfts but again a topic for another day so yes you can right click you can reproduce it but you don't own the content so and i don't you know can if anyone tell yeah you can so what does that mean you don't own it right well it automatically once you own it it goes to your digital wallet and your digital wallet is it's transparent anybody can look at it so if you are trying to um, sell something that you don't own, it, it won't show up in your wallet. But yeah, you can always copy and paste it. Hey, look, I made this my profile picture. It doesn't mean you own it. And it, it's yeah. easily, you can easily be called out on it. So it's interesting you guys bring that up. It was a question I had for for a little bit later. Um, I watched an interview with Quentin Tarantino. I don't know if you saw this. Um, where I just saw it. I saw yeah, the note saw this morning, but I haven't watched it. So tell us about so it. So he, well, he was kind of challenging the NFT space as well. And so someone was explaining, saying, hey, you know, if you guys could take the still um, and recreate that of the Pulp Fiction with, you know, both actors with both the guns out, is like, you know, something like that on on uh, in the blockchain would go for a ton of money. And, and he's like, but they've been made into posters. You know, they've been made, you know, there's thousands of them, hundreds of them, millions of them. There's t-shirts and everything. And so he was struggling with it too, because, He's like, it's already out there in physical form. It's like, what difference does it make if I can create the original and put a data signature on it if the, the monetization of it and, and merchandise already exists? And um, so he, you know, he has a lot of questions I think most people have about, about that. And, and they said, well, you know, there's more because maybe then you get a dinner with it because there's this sub day. He's like, well, 
so you're buying the dinner. <laughs> you're, you're not you buying the, so the digital much. space. And he's right. like, and then what happens if I die? Does it lose value? Like, um, so it, it's good questions because I think those are the questions, questions that a lot of people have um, trying to understand what it means to own something when uh, the, the other comparison too is like the Mona Lisa. Well, there's copies of it and there's an original, but you can see that difference. Um, whereas the digital, you can't see it until you go behind the curtain, right? The physically and on a screen, they look identical, whereas pictures do look different in person. So I don't know if those, that's helpful questions to kind of get us started up a little bit. But Well, and that's, that's why I was asking sort of the line of questioning that I was, because I think, you know, we're talking about value and things being assigned certain values and it going up and all that good stuff. You don't want to know what any of that means unless you actually have a fundamental understanding of crypto and how that's, and I, I have zero, to be honest with you. I know people like nerds out there are buying, you know, uh, graphics cards and, you know, mining Bitcoin. What the hell does that mean? And I know what you're saying, Lisa, where, you know, it's the, the graphics card is, you know, the computing like math problems. I mean, for what? Why, why are they computing math problems? What is, what does that do? And then how, why is that, is that creating Bitcoin? You know, so just we're adding currency to you know, That's a great uh, question, Jeff, and I think I could I could uh, tie that up a little bit better in that the miners are solving the the um, complex math problems and they're earning Bitcoin as their compensation for doing that. And compens uh, Bitcoin's protocol, again, was created by this mystery person. There's a white paper on it. It's pretty complex that outlines all of the things that you're asking about. But what we see as consumers is that these Bitcoins enter circulation um, and people are investing in them, I think, because it's the OG of of crypto mm -hmm. and there are arguments to your point that bitcoin really doesn't do anything yet you know what does it do and there is um again don't want to get into the weeds of it yeah. but there's the lightning network and ways you can use bitcoin for payment but there are so many other coins that are being invented every day new coins are, are being invented that have different white papers or protocols or uh, underlying technology and use cases, and they're creating their own environments and ecosystems that run parallel. And then there's a whole industry group that's wor working on interoperability, which allows blockchains to talk to each other. But but up until you know, I'd say the past year, most blockchains ran parallel to each other and didn't weren't able to. Um, cross talk. So I know that's not really answering your question, like why Bitcoin? What What's the purpose of it? And I think of it as the community. There is a community that's giving it value. Mm -hmm. If we think back to wampum that the Indians used to use um, or furs for trading um, or the tulip bulb bubble, people bring up a lot. It's the community that's giving these things value. It's adoption by people like me and you who are giving all of these coins value and um, real world use cases, and they all won't make it. You know, we've already seen a big um, NFT platform go dark uh, called Hickenock Hen. Um, they just kind of ghosted uh, this past week. So, um, I don't know if that's helpful or not. 
I mean, so it's I helpful for me to stay where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, you know, what's the point in, in, you know, in, in just a second, but for me personally, like, I think you need to have it like our industry can't figure out how to get everybody on promo standards and to have mm-hmm. one stream system for everybody to work with. So you're saying there's all kinds of different coins out there and they're all running parallel, but unless they're communicating with each other, I mean, that's like saying we've got a thousand different CRMs you can use and 35,000 different ways of creating a a purchase order unless it's streamlined and they are all talking to each other. So, I mean, it it sounds like that industry, the Bitcoin and digital currency world is in the same problems that our industry is facing as well. And I think until people firmly understand how it all works, which I, I mean, I don't have the kind of hours to invest in trying to figure out how it works, to be honest with you. And for you to say that there's stuff that's failing already, that to me makes more sense just to stay where I'm at and let it play out. Well, I would, I would encourage, can I just- No, no, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. I, go ahead. I would encourage you to think of it like the beginning of the internet. When sure. the dot-com bubble, many companies didn't make it. Um, it's so- um, you know, in the early stages that it's, it's, it's all somewhat of a gamble, Jeff, you're not wrong. Um, but I also believe that gold will rise. you know, the, the cream will rise to the top and our industry in particular, in my opinion, has so much to benefit from the whole NFT space, um, taking payments in cryptocurrency, smart contracts, and what Meg wants to talk about, which is V chain and supply chain. Um, our industry, not it's not for everybody, totally get that. Um, but wouldn't it be great if we could work with the enterprise clients who are already in the space and be that service provider of digital apparel and merch um, and host VR and AR events for those clients before you know, advertising agencies do and other people get in on the action. How so does that if- work though? Do you have to be the developer? So are we no. changing what we're doing? No, no. We, we've put together a suite of service providers, Meg and I, um, that we've vetted, that we have been working with for months, um, that we feel like are very strong in the space and can bring these services to uh, visionaries in our industry who are willing to take the risk or the gamble. Um, if you think back to 4Imprint and Kevin Lyons Tar in the early days, um, you know, that may be, you know, a bad word, but, you know, look at what they accomplished by being open-minded in the dot-com era. That's the opportunity I feel is in front of us today for suppliers and distributors. Doesn't mean you have to own crypto personally. Doesn't, ha- doesn't mean that you have to be all in. It just means taking advantage of the technology to move our industry forward along with this community. I I get it a hundred percent. And I think, you know, for me, something that I do understand quite a bit is video games. So we've talked for that. You talk NBA 2K22, the newest NBA game, you know, it's, it's an open world quote unquote metaverse, as you guys would talk about it um, where, you know, and state farm, you know, there's plenty of other companies out there, but state farm, you can already dress your avatar in the game in state farm. So that's an awesome use case example, Jeff. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm proud of you, Jeff. Yeah. And that's what we want to be selling that stuff to our clients. We want our industry to heal from COVID, heal from supply chain challenges, 
you know, we've been through this movie before. Our industry has suffered before. We got to get each other. We got to rise up together and see this um, as a way to solve supply chain issues because digital merch ha has no physical factory other than a developer and a designer. So how do we marry these two amazing parts of our industry? And the word is fidgetal. Fidgetal is the is the trendy word for that um physical and the metaverse together and that's well, what that's, i think that's where i would ask like in that in the instance that i provided uh, yeah you know where a video game developer is creating this game the developer in my sense or in my understanding is the one that's actually creating that now of course they would charge state farm you know whatever amount of money i mean that's like a super bowl commercial what are you going to mm -hmm. pay to to market in our video that's game right. to have your stuff there Okay, yep. but it's actually creating it. And how, how then is a promotional products company going to sell, you know, Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts in their, in your, in that space? You're going to add it to your company store as an item that can be bought in your company store. That's mm -hmm. a simplified answer. Okay, but you're saying the people that you guys have already vetted along with hundreds of others out there are, have to create that. So it's something that you actually have yes. to pursue and then try gotcha. to sell. Yeah, they'd be like I mean, a new supplier outlet for distributors to yes. to utilize. And then I guess too, if for those that have taken agency approaches that work with marketing agencies that can work with major brands, you could try to integrate the two of those. So like if if I worked with a game developer and I worked with Dunkin' Donuts or something, you could put them together as the agency, I guess, to kind of coordinate mm -hmm. that or something like that. So I I can kind of I can kind of get my head around some of that. So this Meg, I know year, you're Ryan, dying to get into this beaching thing. So go ahead. Well, in a minute, I know we are running out of time, but I, I did yes. Adobe Max this year. I went to Adobe Max and almost the entire thing was about augmented reality and how to design in 3D and in VR. So this is the future. This is what they're now they are teaching everybody coming into graphic design what to do. So keep that in mind. Lastly, I want to kind of address the rest of Stephen's um, question. I don't know, which I'm going to research of how to already deal with existing physical like with the posters and that, I don't know. So, but I will say um, as an example of how to kind of pull this all together, Kings of Leon released their brand new album titled When You See Yourself in the form of an NFT. So what also came with this NFT was front row tickets to concerts for life. Okay. You're also going to get, so you'll get that part, you get the album package and then you get a piece of art. So you're going to get something physical. It could be in a form of a t-shirt from the concert. It could be in a form of a poster, but only the people that bought this album through this NFT are going to get those physical items. So you can attach things like that smart contract. And, and because it's in your wallet, it can't be, um, it can't be like photocopied and, and used because we can always verify it that way. Um, so, so keep that in mind. And, and Meg, just to yeah. connect those dots. Um, so that's where our our industry is going to, we, we want the our industry to pre be providing that real life merch. So you get to sell the digital piece and the real life stuff. And um, NFTs for Charity is doing that with the mm -hmm. Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation and Paul Michael Glazer, um, who was on Starsky and Hutch, um, we're doing a project exactly as, as Meg described it. So there's unlockable content that goes with it um, and, and these perks. And the, the Kings of Leon is a great example, Meg. Um, ticketing is a whole nother 
um, avenue for NFTs that we didn't even touch on today because there is, we could we could come on every week and and <laughs> focus on one little piece, um, but it's incredible. So Meg, that was a great example. Thank you. All right, so V Chain, Jeff, Stephen, I ask you this because I know you know the answer. What's the main topic we've been discussing over the past few months? Supply chain. Thank you. Supply chain issues. And this is why VeChain is going to revolutionize the logistics and the supply chain industries. So VeChain is a blockchain solution that gives companies a way to track their products in the supply chain. Imagine that hat on your shelf or one of those vests, if they could talk, they would have a story to tell because today more and more of our things are connected to the internet and to each other. So there was a slide, Jeff, you don't have to show it, but basically it just shows how they collect and share information in this frenzy tangle of data called the internet of things. Um, and that's basically everything's connected to your smartphone, you, your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your thermostat, it's all connected. Um, and so VeChain combines the internet of things technology with a blockchain to digitize the supply chain. So example, say you're at the supermarket and you wanna buy <clears throat> a trade of ready-made sushi, like the sushi expert you are, how can you be sure that it's safe to eat? When sushi gets warm, it spoils, right? So no one, not sure who here has eaten grocery store sushi, but we all know the risks going in. I have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, VeChain would basically provide you with a foolproof way of checking that product that you're buying has been handled in accordance <clears throat> with food safety standards by scanning a QR code. You can have basically in that app, you can have like a temperature check. Um, all these little things can be built into this code. So when you scan it, it basically can track that product from inception to delivery, which is amazing. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was saying that the, through the unique, the unique ID tags that are attached to those products, the system is aware of their entire history. Sensors on the product pick up the temperature variations and they select data um, on its environment. So that information gets to be attached to the VeChain decentralized blockchain. Now, the thing that's so great about the blockchain information is that it's tamper-proof. Mm -hmm. So the information, yeah, She's agreeing. She's agreeing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the information that gets added to it, it can't be changed. So the customer can be sure that the information they receive about the product is 100% accurate. And by creating these immutable records, which means they're unchanging, you cannot change these records the pro on the products, the VeChain uh, also helps stop the rampant rise of counterfeiting. I mean, think about all the counterfeit masks and the PPE that we had to deal with um, over the last year and a half. So you know the history of the product, you're able to track it from inception to delivery. And by the use of the blockchain, companies are able to optimize their supply chains, stop product counterfeiting and gain the trust of customers. But wait, there's more. <laughs> the VeChain- <clears throat> Steven, do you feel like Meg is reading a script right now? She's definitely reading not, something. I have notes. Yeah. So um, VeChain is gonna be an innovative <laughs> toolbox. Stop, listen, this is like really important here. For Fortune 500 com uh, companies, it's uh, the blockchain will support decentralized apps, smart contracts that can support up to 10,000 transactions per second. So for an example, it's currently at 165 transactions per second, which is 10 times faster than Ethereum is today. So there's some really big partners with them. I mean, PricewaterhouseCooper is one of the largest auditing assurance companies. Yes. Um, that sounds amazing. My question is, what does that look like in a physical form? Because you have to put something on the pieces to be able to track, like you said, mm -hmm. sensors and things like that. So, yeah. so our, a lot more of this. So it's it's built into a QR code, an RFID. It, there, it could be built into things that have these, these sensors and these smart contracts. And so that's literally just 
printed on the label of your packaging, of your sushi, of your so t-shirt. But a, but your a QR code doesn't have sensors in it. It's being read by something. Um, so I don't know about how the, the, the sensors and the smart tracks, that's more what I'm learning about still. there's That's I mean, really neat. That, I could that's talk about this again yes. for hours. So this, the QR code gets scanned at different points and that communicates the data um, back to the smart contract or the sensor sends data back. So there's a couple different ways that happens. But, but it is, it's not cheap and it is, you know, yeah. QR codes used to be like, you know, passe and now they're sort of back, Everything. you know, with so many different use cases. Like, uh, I am so excited that QR codes are involved in this because I was such an early adapter that like back when I worked at Jetline, I was doing like um, the snow mitt glove, the ice scraper, and I literally printed a QR code with my contact information on it. But you know, that was like yeah. 10 years ago, a little so, too early. I, a little too early. And you had to download an app. Blah, 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 and now you just hold your picture up to it or your camera up to it. So there is a lot. I think our industry can hugely benefit, hugely benefit from this. There, we could talk about this for hours. We are running out of time. I do want to say that Lisa and I, and as well as um, our friend Jeremy Picker, we are going to be moderating a Twitter space on Friday at 1 p.m. Um, with Vin Driscoll. He's going to be sending out the invite today um, and he'll be moderating it. We're gonna keep this conversation going. I would love for everyone to jump on that on sorry on Friday and, and join us to, to finish off this conversation because there's just so much to talk about. Yes. 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 Yeah. And uh, I love how Meg continues to say we're running out of time as we're 15 minutes past time. Um, <laughs> we're out of time. Yeah. So I mean, it's, there's it's there's so there's too much it's to a cover, lot yeah. and quite frankly i it's like a lot of people have to do a lot of research on their own or continue to be involved in you know like Stephen, what you had mentioned the quentin tarantino thing like hopefully somebody can post a link to that in the comments meg hopefully somebody can post a link to the twitter space whatever the hell you call it um in in the oh, comments yeah. as well for friday yeah uh, just so the people well, can you know if they choose learning yeah. well in great Jeff, I'll just mention the exp express training bites oh, on yeah. Provo Corner. Yes. They're each only 30 minutes um, and they're pretty digestible. And I would be happy to be better prepared for the fundamentals on another podcast if you wanted. I had my head in NFTs today, um, but I could definitely break this down um, into better bites and walk it back to the beginning. I'd be really happy to do that. And those express training bright bites pieces are easy to listen to in your car, you know, yeah. and, and not too much too time consuming. Well, and I, and I think everybody that the, the topic was supposed to be NFTs, but I, I just think there's there's such a, a fundamental basis that has to be there. Like NFTs, sure. you know, 101, you know, there's a You're, lot you, you have to get educated on before you can actually really understand that. Um, totally agree. You know, so I was hoping that this conversation would somehow get us there. I mean, I look, I understand the concept of NFTs. I understand the value in being able to do it. I think there's a lot there that needs to be talked about and how that's developed and all of that good stuff and what it's developed for. Um, but ultimately, uh, it, it is the future. It's what's going to happen. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Uh, you know, I know that we've been sort of, um, 
you know, been leading up to this for years and years, decades, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through video games and virtual reality and things like that. So I, I completely get it, but um, I am probably aged out of that process to some degree. Um, you know, I think when you when you watch the Zuckerberg metaverse thing, you either get it or you don't, and that's you know take it for what it is. I, you know, me personally, I don't get why anybody would want to live in a, a virtual reality when there's a real world around you. Not living there. It's because nobody yeah, wants to live living. there. They don't, you just would go there and you would make it better. Like your time on the internet would just be better. You could have workspaces, you could have play, your gaming could be there. It's not necessarily more time or your entire time. It's the time that you're spending there on the internet would just be better and enhanced and elevated. That's it. And could I just tag on to that, Meg, for this um, remote world that we're living in? Imagine if Headwear USA was having an hour-long event where you could come as your avatar and sit around a table and talk to each other. And one person's in London, one person's in California, one person's in Florida, but you feel like you're together. And then you wear your, your branded merch to that meeting and yeah, you have Zoom too, but it's just a way to say to, that. You know, you're you're in. We're together. Yeah, but we're, we're already there. Channel. But this is actually people. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's different when you're in the VR world, in the virtual, because you're literally you can see my. I mean, it's just more. You feel like you're there. We now these are just two D yeah. boxes. These are going to be three D items. To, you know, you can wear the vest. I could punch you, and you could feel it. And be- yeah, and, and or play like I, I use the example of playing golf in that golf tournament. I actually played golf and rode in a helicopter and you know, sat at the awards table with the people that I played with in my foursome who were from Scotland, Peru, London, and me from the US. I mean, it was, I would never have met those folks otherwise. Um, so that that's um, how I think of it. it. It expands our horizons and welcomes in different experiences that we can't have right now, but not to live there. I love nature, Jeff, like every day I have to be outside for at least an hour. So I totally get where you're coming from. And I do have that little bit of worry in my soul about, I don't want this to take over everything in our world. I just want it to make it better. But that's just it. I, I feel like it's it's hitting to a point where it will take over the majority of people's worlds. I mean, if you look at our youth, uh, that's that's kind of how it's hitted. I mean, we're it's in a sense being indoctrinated towards that, um, you know. And yes, you will still have to stop to be able to eat. There will still be a real world around you. And I get it. Like, hey, you know, why if if they're if you're living a certain life here in the real world that you're not able to, you know, and you can better your your position uh, in a virtual reality world, uh, you know, to to some degree, I understand why that is appealing. Um, but anyhow, that's a whole nother fundamental. Yeah. I'd love to chat there. with you about that more. That's a great topic. So look, if you, if you guys got any, uh, information out of this, uh, I think you did, there was definitely a lot there to break down, uh, you know, and I think there's a lot more to cover. So please check out the links that that'll be posted in the comments, check out the, the Twitter space with Meg and Lisa and, um, you know, the others that'll be there. Uh, but if, if the, uh, the podcast was of value to you. It was brought to you again by our good friends over at Tervis. 
And uh, they added stainless to their well-established line about two years ago uh, with the goal of being better than co the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 360-degree UV printing. They're available in four sizes. They've got a 12-ounce, a 20-ounce, a 30-ounce, and now a 24-ounce uh, water bottle as well. And now they've got 24, 30, or 40-ounce wide-mouth bottles. Uh, Five-year warranty. They're 18.8 copper lined, vacuum insulated. Eight hours. Uh, they'll keep your drinks hot for eight hours, or keep your drinks cold for 24. Go check them out at TurvisPromos.com, and uh, who knows? Maybe you'll be drinking your virtual coffee out of a virtual Turvis one day. Yeah, yeah. Let's make 10,000 unique Turvis travel mugs. <laughs> There you go. That would be so cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. I, I definitely uh, appreciate the fundamental information that you've given us. And, you know, ho hopefully eventually we'll get there. <laughs> well, I appreciate the chance to participate. I'm very grateful. Thank you. For thank sure. you, Lisa. All right, guys. Take care and tune in next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.